going to VAR. They're checking. <laughs> hey, Kai. Check complete. Let's head over to the bar. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a very special midweek episode of the Bar Bar podcast. Well, it's not going to be special for the most part because we are going to keep doing this because, of course, it is the World Cup. It is taking over all of our lives. But before we jump into it, I just want to introduce the boys. As it's midweek, boys are a little bit busy, so I've got the pleasure of having Prez with me. Prez, how you doing? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, all good, man. All good. And then we've got Munu as well. How are you doing, lad? Yo, yo, yo. I'm here, man. Active. Just want to know what other people are doing. Like, like you said, everyone's busy. Busy doing what, man? The World Cup's on. Everyone should be at home, man. There you go, there you go. It's getting darker early as well. They're up to no good. That's all I know. But, um, <laughs> toast. <laughs> that toast. One of many. One of many. Right, boys. Obviously, we are fat. We are knee deep into the group stage of the World Cup. Games are flying in thick and fast. 10 a.m. till 7 p.m. kickoffs. It's just it's absolutely delightful, though it does mean the work pro- productivity. I don't know about you, boys, but it is at an all time low at the moment. I. <laughs> Cannot get that mouse scrolling enough just to make sure I look active on teams. Like, it's ridiculous at the moment. Um, one thing I want to talk about before we get into the games themselves, the attendances, lads. So, every game I'm watching at the minute, they're saying that the attendances are somehow over the capacity. But yet, when you look at it, there are empty seats galore. Like... I mean, there's even reports going on that the stadiums that Qatar are actually claiming back unused tickets from media and commercial partners that they have to give out to get more fans in the stadium. Like, has that ever wow. happened before? Is that just nuts to me? Wait, wait, so wait, hold up. I thought that's the reason why there was more because of this whole. I thought they weren't counting the um, people in corporate boxes. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. All all I've seen is that, yeah, apparently, like, a load of media partners and then commercial partners that they have with the World Cup, like, they haven't been using their tickets, so they've actually just claimed them back to get to actually get them used so they can make the stadiums look fuller, because right now people are noticing that it's just not a very well-attended World Cup at the moment, which is, which is crazy, right? Because it's the World Cup. You should be back begging to go there. Even, even obviously, I'm just listening through my TV, but even just like the atmosphere and the noise levels from the fans that are in the stadium, it, it just doesn't have that, you know, that fever pitch type atmosphere that you're used to when when uh, teams are playing, regardless of the team that's playing, you still have that excitement from the travelling fans, you know, that are cheering on their uh, respective nations. You haven't even really got that atmosphere. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it must be... Um, it must be Qatar, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's a bit worried about what's going on around it. They don't want to be chanting too loudly just in case. <laughs> but, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a World Cup, isn't it? Like, I know from home, I'm absolutely loving it so far. Like, even some of the games where it's like a nil-nil ball draw, I'm, I'm still locked in. Like I say, I can't, I can't do work at the moment. It's really bad. But um, that's not my problem yet. I'll figure it out later. But, boys, we're going to jump straight into the first game. So, the first game on Monday, England. They're bringing it home, lads. They're absolutely bringing it home. It, football is finally coming home after that game. I'm, I'm sure of it now. No, nothing could change my mind until we lose. Um, but <laughs> before, before the game, it was dominated by political movements and political conversations. So, England and other countries wanted to wear the One Love captain's armband. FIFA told them that's not approved. You're not being allowed. If you do, you are going to face sanctions. We will immediately give a yellow card to whoever's wearing the armband. So the teams have decided to back down. And then you have Iran. Iran's team decided they weren't going to sing the national anthem to show solidarity with the women of Iran who want dramatic social change with their current revolution that's going on. So... Amongst that backdrop, you're going in. That's quite a tense affair, given it's the second day. It's the first essentially day game, and it is but the first quote unquote major football nation that are going into it. And boys, that was the most atta- impressive attacking display by England under Gareth at a major tournament easily. Like they were 
superb. They pressed her on to death. I mean, Press, I'll go to you first. Jude Bellingham, for me, star mm-hmm. of the show. What, mm-hmm. 19 years old? Um, I don't know if you know this, but the reason he wears 22 is that his coach, when he's younger, told him, well, you can play as a 4, you can play as an 8, and you can play as a 10. That's why he wears 22, because <laughs> those three numbers add up. And he was all over the joint in the game. Like, How impressive was he for you? Yeah, I didn't know that fact about the number. That's quite interesting. A uh, little bit of quick maths, which is good. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I was super impressed uh, by the way Jude Bellingham commanded the midfield in every way. Um, he's up and down, um, always on the on the half term, wanting to receive the ball. Um, yeah, and, and the way he drives with the ball, uh, the power that he shows, and he's got you know abundance of technique. Also, he's just. Yeah, he just seems to have it all. He's a, he's a hybrid of, of many players. And I think as he goes, gets older, he'll just keep unlocking, uh, the different levels about his game. At the moment, he's being compared to the likes of Steven Gerrard with the way he's, um, so industrious and he's able to contribute both defensively and, uh, in, in attacking situations as well. So I think, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's almost like a, the sky's the limit type of situation with him. He can go as far as he, he wants to go and, and as far as his desire and uh, capability will take him. I think he's got all the tools to be a, a great, great midfielder for years to come. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And then, so Jude Bellingham opens up the scoring and then your star boy, Bakayo Saka, gets his goal. He was the third cog of that England attack. You know, we've got Sterling and Kane. They are our main quote-unquote attackers we've been looking for that third attacker for years now Saka comes in he shows that the Euro final penalty miss and all the unfortunate racism that came from that he is well past that two brilliantly taken goals I think that has to be said just I, I know he's been impressing for you guys all year but seeing it in England shirt I think does hit different what were you thinking when he was playing simply out of his mind I thought it was fantastic Asayo, my boy Bikayo. <laughs> nah, man. Um, you know, the boys really stepped up. Um, and I think after everything that happened last year in the Euros, this is the next major tournament. And it, it seems it's not phased him. The, the whole country, you know, well, apart from those idiots that had their um, strong words about him, but everyone has backed him. And he's... The way he just started that tournament, man, it, it this could be a big, big tournament for Bikayo. Um His former Arsenal was great. It's, it's just gone straight into it. Um, strong lineup from Southgate as well. I think we did our prediction. We weren't too far off. Um, obviously, we said it was initially a back three, but then he went to back four. I think we were just two players we got wrong. Um, Foden came in and so did... Um, Oh, I forgot it was one of the defenders, but um, yeah, he's going to be definitely one of the. I, I, I don't want to put any more pressure on Bukayo, but he's definitely going to be one of the main players for this England squad. Um, and his agenda is clearly kicking off. No goals from Harry Kane, um, so you know you'd have been thinking he'd have got a goal against Iran. Like no offense to Iran, they're the weakest team in the group, but yeah, even. Prez's boy Rashi comes off the bench, gets a go himself. Uh, it was just fantastic, man. Again, let's not get excited because it is Iran, but you build momentum from these games. This is tom- tournament football. Like what? You play one game and then four days later, you've got another game. So you, you need to be mm-hmm. on it. And I'm really happy and really excited to see what um, England will do against USA. Who old, I think we're going to go talk to the game with Wales. Who I think, again, we should be beating. We, England are the strongest team in that group. So... Um, they should be getting. Andy even said nine out of nine. Yeah, well, do you know what? Before speaking of Rashford, I just want to quickly say on that when he came on and scored, my first thought was that Saka's hat trick right there. It literally came from his position. He dribbled onto his left and slotted it, yeah. and I just literally sat there and went, "Oh, like I'm I'm happy that Rashford came on and scored. Don't get me wrong, like to come on and immediately get a goal inside what was it three touches he had, like straight away." But I was sat there and went, oh, that's a sack of hatty right there. Like, I'm the, he's still absolutely brilliant. And he cemented his place. Like, I think that was one of the major selection dilemmas for Gareth was who's going to be that third attacker. And 
we can make those things of, oh, it is only Iran. But Iran hadn't conceded three goals in some like 20 years in a game. They had, in the last World Cup, they've taken points off of, I think it's Brazil and Argentina in their last couple of World Cups. Like, they're not an easy squad to break down. They topped their group that had South Korea in it. Like, they did, they are known to perform very well. Like, so all credit must go to England there. And we were fantastic. We played them off the park. I think perhaps the only thing that worried me slightly was Maguire's defending. Like, we saw his value at set pieces. We saw his value on the ball. You think for the Bellingham goal, he's the one that pay, plays that pass through the lines to Mount, who can lay it off to Sterling to Shaw to Bellingham. But for the goal, he's the one that's jumped out of the defensive line for no reason. Like, it, I think that's the one part I'd still look at this team and go, like, I'm looking at England, I'm scouting them. I'm still yeah. going after you. I'm still going to see what yeah. you're about and see if you can stand up to the to the cosh, essentially. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's that's a, a really fair observation. I think we see what Maguire at club level does with his defensive lapses and um it's not going to be every game that we uh we blow teams away by six you know so there are going to be the tighter margin games that you have to be concerned about with um higher quality oppositions where moments or def defensive lapses could cost us games so you know when we do even a game like usa um which we'll get into their game against Wales, as we've already said but you know defensive lapses um that that you know could cause a player like a um like a wear to get in behind and you know just moments that that could could give and cause us troubles in the, in the long run um you know over the course of a game so it's always going to be a concern it's almost like you have to account unfortunately you have to account for that um as my, harry maguire you know he's great from set pieces um plays out from the back um fairly well but there is just that defensive switch off that you have to account for and um unfortunately he is our i guess first name on the team sheet when it comes to center backs um because of his ability to play out um and his um threat from set pieces but um yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's just something you have to almost account for man yeah no i agree the, the thing is as well like because mcguire came off during the game he said after what the game it was for illness not for concussion or any particular injury and he's still expecting to play the next game but i look at the other center backs in our squad and i think eric dyer i don't want near the side like i think he started off the season very well and then he has gone had a lot of poor form recently i think ben white i right, obviously manu has been fantastic for Arsenal but he's been playing at right back and he's not had nearly as much defensive responsibilities so I, I still sit there and think Maguire like it's still scary the things he can do against us almost but yeah I I think honestly I'd, I'd, I'd keep him there like for me, where else do you like, go man yeah exactly exactly like just let John Stones do it by himself like <laughs> I mean when when we inevitably go to back five in the knockout rounds like <laughs> inevitably <laughs> it, it is he, he did it in the euros didn't he like he started off against croatia with a back five then i think scotland and i can't remember who else we had in our group but he went to a back four then as soon as it's knockouts he goes to back five it's like as soon as he's got a team that he almost respects going forward it's like okay mount will come off and in will come kyle walker like you can see that happening straight away but until then I'm just going to enjoy it. We looked at, like, it's just nice to see us playing that attacking football, the progressive football. The press wasn't exactly, like, exacting like you'd expect a Prime City or Liverpool to do it, but Iran couldn't get out for large portions of the game. It was just a yeah. case of 11, it was attack versus defence. But a game that did not have nearly as much entertainment, Senegal versus the Netherlands. Now, obviously... We have Andy, who is supporting the Netherlands in this tournament. I I don't know about you boys, but coming into this, I thought the Netherlands were going to get nine points from this group and very easily as well. I thought they were going to walk this group, really put down a marker. You think Van Hal has said this is better than the 2014 team that he took to the final. Mm. And that game was rubbish <laughs> for large parts like it just for me it did not offer anything it just felt like neither team really wanted to take a risk ultimately the netherlands pulled out their 2-0 win 
two mistakes by Edu Mendy, you could argue, but at least one bit of quality for the first goal with the De Jong to Gakpo cross. Um, Munya, would you say, would you be worried for the Netherlands at this point in time? Like, or do you think it's just the first game of the tournament? They're just going to ease their way into it. Um, yeah, probably um, the latter because yeah, you're right. It was not a convincing display at all, um, wasn't it? What the last ten minutes they got their two goals? I don't yeah, remember. Last ten minutes. Um, yeah, you really would have thought they would have put a marker, like you said, um, but it just wasn't clicking. And I, and I think that's been the Netherlands' problem because when you watch them, they they just don't look. I mean, I don't know if Andy would disagree, but they never look that convincing. Um, but they got the result and at this point there's teams that haven't um big teams as well so they they are doing one step better than the others and they've got a clean sheet as well you've got to look at the positives um not their best game but they can work off something now they can go into training and say look we didn't play great we've got the points we need to step up i think they will all know themselves that they need to step up so i think we should all be expecting a reaction from them um, I'm not sure who their next game is, but whoever it is, they, they 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 should be you know saying, look, okay, we didn't play well, but this is what we're made of. I don't think in the World Cup you can just get by and um, grinding little results. It's Ecuador mm-hmm. they got next actually. I just remembered um, who <laughs> they had a great game as we discussed on Sunday. Um, so they they have to be on it. If not, then boy. Yeah, I agree, man. I think they need to make a couple of... Just looking at them, there doesn't seem to be that... Obviously, the goal that came, um, the Gakbo goal that came, um, was a great cross, as you as you mentioned, Jake. But there just didn't seem to be that creativity coming from uh, the, the midfield areas, as you'd like to see, probably see. I mean, Gakpo, as Andy mentioned, was, was playing uh, a little bit deeper than he probably would have liked and probably a little bit narrower than he would have liked. Almost like almost uh, an auxiliary 10. Um, when they have, you know let's say more creative players that can operate in that part of the midfield like you know they brought their young uh javi simmons along who could probably play in that in that role quite well and then they've they've gone to start with uh up top with jensen and um the the former tottenham lad what's his name um uh oh yeah yeah. so they started with those two up top when you know i'm, I'm i don't know if Depay's nursing an injury or if whatever else, but I, I was expecting him to be one of the surefire starters in this game and, and maybe um, Van, Van Hal will play him into the tournament, who knows, but yeah, I would like to see a little bit more creativity uh, in that midfield, man, and um, yeah, obviously they get whipped from their wing backs, but you know, the balls going in, there weren't really many balls going into the box from what I remember, so yeah, I think a, a few tweaks personnel-wise and maybe a change of um, you know, tactic a little bit. Um, you know, Van Gaal's quite rigid with his tactics anyway, so it's probably not likely. But maybe change of personnel might might freshen things up a bit. And um, you know, against a game against Ecuador, um, it's quite important that they they um they start that game well. Yeah, I I completely agree on the Dubai point. I think that was the sense of like they lacked that player that was going to be willing to take the risk. Like I think that yeah. is the pie in that system is the one that's just gonna. All right, I am just going to try this and see what goes on because, exactly. like, especially like Gakpo, like saying that role, like you're probably expecting him to, but this is his first World Cup. Like, I know he has massively broke out over the last year or so, but asking him to jump into that situation and yeah. take on that role, it just seems excessive. Then, like, say like Janssen and Bergwijn up top, that doesn't scream anything to me whatsoever. That screams no. a lot of if we can fashion an opportunity, not create one, if you see like that little bit of difference where you're almost just hoping that Senegal may mess up and don't get me wrong, like Koulibaly loves a foul. You can easily see that happen. Like, So who knows, man? But speaking of Senegal, like Perez, obviously their big injury before the World Cup and obviously this World Cup has been riddled with them, mostly is Mane going out. They took him with oh, in the sheer man. hope. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, like you just, I, I thought Senegal in this group were easily going to be second, and then you hear Mane go out. It's like, right, you are now in a direct competition with Ecuador. Like that game, massive like, loss, man. But and they, they just look lackluster. Like I was reading up, and their striker Dia, um, 
So he plays for Sheffield United. He's top scorer in the championship this season. Two years ago, he was playing in some like the seventh tier of English football. And the only reason he got discovered was at St. George's Park. They did a trial for VAR. And he played in that game. Sheffield United sent a scout, said, we like you, and bought him then. I, and you're now, <laughs> two years later, playing in the World Cup, leading the line for your team. Don't get that me wrong, is a massive stuff. That's a fucking story, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah man. Story. But the, I, I think you could see in their game, it's just, even with someone like Ismail Assar, they just, again, couldn't create. I know Netherlands have an incredibly impressive defence on paper with Van Dijk, De Ligt, and Ake all at centre-back. But as much as the Netherlands didn't really offer anything, I don't think Senegal even looked like offering anything. Like, yeah, I no, no they, cutting they edge, man. Really struggle. Yeah, please. Yeah, no cutting edge, as you were just saying. I mean, uh, Saul was probably their most threatening out of that that front three, and um, just didn't really look that close to converting. I mean, they battled well at points in the game. Um, gave. Uh, the, the midfield probably a little bit to think about uh, just from a physicality perspective so you know obviously the the two Netherlands goal coming from mistakes and um, you know if in a game where those mistakes don't happen and you have a player with uh, the level of X factor that Sadio Mane does who knows what the outcome could have been but it's it's all if buts and maybes really isn't it so um, yeah, just weren't good enough on the day. No cutting edge, and um, two 0 was probably a, a fair result in the end. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, we're going to move back to Group B, the USA versus Wales game to end the Monday. Now, that first half, USA was so impressive. Yep. I don't know <laughs> if it was a case of Wales just being awful, but they ripped Wales apart like. They only took a 1-0 lead into halftime thanks to Tofi Way's really well-taken finish. Shout out Captain America for setting up that goal. <laughs> great, great run. Great run, by the way. Yeah, for yeah, the message. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, that first half, they were all over Wales. Like, I like going to Union Cheltenham, having a lot of mates from Wales, like, my group chat with them was just kicking off, saying, what are we offering? What are we doing? Peg is gone, isn't he? Yeah. Pigs there. Yeah. He's out in Qatar, living the life, paying Jeez. eight pound for a pint of Budweiser. <laughs> Couldn't be me. But um, the second half, thankfully for Wales, they managed to improve a lot. They made a lot of nice tweaks. Bringing on Kiefer Moore, I thought was massive for them, both literally because he's six foot yeah. six, and figuratively because he allowed them to progress the ball upfield and keep it up there. 80th minute. Tim Ream decides to foul in the box with a really stupid challenge, like just going straight through the back of Bale for no reason, taking his feet off the ground. And Mr. Wales himself gets the penalty converted. Easy point from the game. Um, so, Munya, we'll start with the US here. Like bef- When we were covering them in sort of the preview, my thoughts were that this is probably the most talented squad the US have ever had at a World Cup. But it is such a, l- a lack of experience. You think there's only one player in that squad that's been to a World Cup before. And that showed for me, I don't know about you, the fact that you've dominated the first half, but you cannot see that game out. Yeah, I mean, you make two good points there, but only there being one um, person to have been in the World Cup. But what it is with the United States is they've got some good quality players coming through. I think um, this is probably, I think you did say this is probably one of the best teams they've had in years, um, but they lack experience. And that really showed in the game because if you're dominating so well like that, you need to take your chances. So they gave Wells a lifeline, I believe. Um, Coming into this game, this was effectively a, a cup final for the both of them. Because if you look at the group, yes, Iran will be bottom probably. But these two are then fighting for that second spot. Um, and now it becomes like, okay, a, a draw is not a good result for either of them, to be fair. Like, they had to get three points. Um, and I and I just feel USA lacked that um, finishing touch, whereas Wells, they weren't great. I mean, Gareth Bell is get, he's not getting any younger. He can't always carry them. They're also not going to be in a good position. They, they, this is not going to be the... 2000 and um, was it the Euros were they in the semi-finals what was that 2016 is, yeah. that, is that was that the one yeah, yeah that's it. this this, this ain't going to be that 
Um, that was like um, six years ago. It's, it's, it's not going to be the same anymore. Um, they, they need to find the both of them's teams, if they want to progress, they need to find that next gear. I, I personally feel though, USA are probably in a better position than Wales because then they can get players that will come on and do well. Whereas Wales, I mean, yeah, they've got a few good players. Ramsey's dust, but he still plays. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. They sh- if USA really wanted to make a statement, they should have won that game. But <laughs> now it looks even more juicier for England against USA because they know they need to win because they know Wales are going to probably beat um, Iran. It, it's tasty, but I like it. I like it. There you go. That's what we want. We want a bit more drama, don't we? Like you got, you got to liven up these groups. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is the thing I I find with this group now is I completely agree with you, Munya, that second game comes around. Wales Wales have to beat Iran. That is a fact. If they want to qualify, they have to win that game. It's going to be a weird game because they're two teams that neither of them really want the ball. They want to counter each other. So who's actually going to want to take control of that game? Yeah. Just, interesting from that point of view but i think usa absolutely rip apart around like i think they will beat them mm-hmm. 2-0 and quite a comfy 2-0 so you've got to expect wales they like say they have to win because i don't think usa get a point out of us either and i don't think wales playing the way they are are going to get a point out of us so prez how do you think wales can improve because I, I like to say they made some good adjustments second half but how much can you attribute that to them and how much can you attribute that to USA just almost going into a shell trying to protect their one nil lead? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. Um, I think looking at the personnel that Wales have and uh, how much they can actually change it up given they, they don't actually have, uh, you know, that much talent within the team, uh, if, if you look at it on paper, you just wonder where the where the uh, the difference is going is, is going to come really because you you look at their midfield. We talked about Aaron Ramsey and and there isn't there's no creativity in his legs anymore. I mean, there's no attacking impetus in his legs anymore, and it is really just a if Bell isn't able to carry us through, uh, then we we don't have a chance in this game. And um, obviously, they they did. Uh, make that change uh dan james in this in the second half come uh, came off for more uh but you know it's just you, you just can't see how they can improve or what they could do differently with the set of players that they have and um you know like you mentioned there that that game against iran is just going to be like a uh who blinks first type of game um which it could be like a crucial mistake in the game that could could decide it either way because you know, two teams that like to sit off and hope to break, one of them has to step out and do something. But I just don't, I really don't think that the players are there. I mean, you look at Iran and, and their, their striker who scored two goals against England. Uh, he could be an X factor in that game because, you know, he's very prolific, even for club, plays for Porto. Uh, but outside of that, you just, you just wonder, where is that moment going to come from? And I do think it will be a moment. It could be a mistake. It could be a wonder goal. It could be, you know, uh, another um, foul in the box that gives them a penalty. But yeah, you you just wonder. It's, it's I think it's just a lack of quality and a lack of, um, you know, being able to, to switch it up tactically um, and personnel should should um, their, their first sort of, I guess, um, plan of action not not really working for them yeah i agree i agree shout out to wales fans though that before the game their national anthem that was fantastic that was so they love it man they love it up for it um we'll move on we're moving on to tuesday's games in argentina (laughs) taking on saudi arabia man right (laughs) biggest world cup upset ever right that like i I can't remember anything close I kind of it has to be up there. I said it's top three. It's definitely. The thing is though, no one's actually collated a list of the upsets. But I think if there was a list out there somewhere, it's definitely entering top three. The only ones I could think of were so 2002. You had France Senegal, but then again, like Senegal came into it. I think they had just one Afcon or like they were second highest rated African team mm-hmm. going in, like, and they were playing really well. You have in the same tournament, you have South Korea beating Italy in extra time. 
that was the game Vieri got sent, no, Totti got sent off an extra time and they got like the very last minute winner. And then I saw someone tweet it being like, is this the biggest upset since the USA beat England in 1950? Like that, <laughs> that's the sort of comparisons that are coming out is that we are going to essentially World War Two, but it was just fan. It was a fantastic, fantastic game. Saudi Arabia cr- playing incredibly bravely. All credit to them. That offside trap working wonders against Argentina. What was it three disallowed goals in the first half purely for yeah. offside goals? They just could not time it correctly whatsoever. The lack of discipline, I think, from the Argentina front line is has to be a worry because they just refuse to learn their lesson. But Prez, like. I I watched that game, and I'm I'm still thinking of it now. I still think Argentina are going to be absolutely fine, like because they did play genuinely quite well. It was just a lack of discipline on running in behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. I think there was probably an air of complacency as well, um, given given the opposition. Uh, probably coming into the game expected nothing less than a win uh, and probably just from the way the game went or the course of the game uh, they probably weren't expecting Saudi Arabia to be as structured to be as up for the game as they were I mean the, the motivation some of the players were showing you know every tackle every block uh, every you know even celebrating offsides you know is just they just seem to be like a, a motivation within that Saudi team that uh, almost, you, you almost felt that you know within themselves they they felt they were going to get something from the game. And um, Argentina, do I think they'll be all right? Yes, but I, I think this will be a, a definite wake up call for them going into the other games. They can't afford to switch off. Uh, all opposition have to be treated with the same level of respect. And you know, on another day, um, all three of those goals count, and they absolutely wash Saudi away. But you have to give credit to Saudi's defensive line and the way they set up. And, um, you know, they really took it to Argentina. It wasn't a case of uh, they were, you know, waiting for the ball to come to them. They were, you know, trying to get on the front foot, uh, trying to form attacks, trying to to build on, you know, good, uh, good chances and good opportunities. And the two goals that they scored were really well taken, really, really good finishes. So you can't, you can't take anything away from, um, from Saudi Arabia, you call it an upset, but at the end of the day, it was uh, a professional victory that uh, the Saudi, uh, you know, the Saudi natives will, will probably never forget. So, all, all, all praise has to go to Saudi. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's sorry, Jay. I think it's what you were just saying there, praise like the passion, like bro, they were celebrating every little thing, and yep. you could hear the crowd were getting behind them, and that actually plays like. Place to your game, like they, the the twelfth man was definitely the crowds. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just the things you love to see, man. This is football. You love it, man. <laughs> yeah, because ever since that penalty, I mean, they must get dragged or what? Because I don't remember seeing him. But then, yeah, that's me. That's not, that's me with my Ronaldo hat on. Um, yeah, but Argentina have got nothing to worry about, man, because the other two clubs in that group, yeah, did niche. So uh, when I watched that other game, I was like, yeah, Argentina will be fine. But after that performance, man, oh, Saudi Arabia, I, I hope they can get something out of this because they deserve it. If they play like that in their next two games, they 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 will get something in. And if they've yeah. used up all the energy in this one game, then ish, they gave us memories. But... <laughs> I think they, they they they're capable of getting something out of this man. I I definitely agree. I mean that I was just about to ask you because I it it's an incredibly brave way to play. Like you're playing against Messi, who yes disappeared, but he is one of the best players, if not the best player. I'm not going to get into that argument because it's too long. But to ever play the game. You've got Lautaro Martinez, who is one of Syria's and Europe's best strikers. Obviously, you've got. Di Maria on the wing, who is one been one of the best wingers in Europe for the last ten years or so, and yeah, they just look like shell themselves. Like people try and say that Messi was injured beforehand. There were pictures of his swollen ankle, and but he he could not get anything going. Also, the Saudi Arabia supporters doing all the sues outside the ground was <laughs> that like that is some great shit from them there. Um, but against. 
teams like you've got Mexico, who I know they didn't start Raul Jimenez, and they will get into their game, but they were rubbish. Then you've got Poland, who obviously Lua is, if you don't say he's the best striker in Europe, you can't say he's outside of the top three. Like, mm-hmm. do do we think just sitting here now, they are going to be rewarded for that bravery and they are going to continue to do that? Or do you think over the next two games, they will be found out? Hmm. Uh, mate, this is what I was trying to just touch on because they, when we go into the Mexico and Poland game, again, they didn't look that convincing either. So it's like Saudi Arabia are on the up right now. They're the only team, funny enough, in that group that you can say have momentum. Yes, Argentina have the quality to bounce back from that defeat. Mexico, if I'm Saudi Arabia and I've watched Mexico against and um, v Poland, yeah, I'm 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 actually thinking, hold on, lads. We've got a chance here. You're looking at those two. Yeah. You're looking at that game and thinking, the, the, these guys are not better than Argentina, and we've just beat Argentina. So what's to stop us from um, from, from 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 not pro- progressing? But you know, football's a funny game. Who knows? It's it's a World Cup, man. You can't I can't really call it, man. It's not, it's, yeah, you can't. It's, it's not like we're playing a league game where you know people's form, what's going to happen, but. Yeah. They, could, they could get washed in their next two games. Who knows, man? Exactly, exactly. I think the way the maths would work out, for, if you assume that Argentina win their two games against Mexico and Poland, I think essentially Saudi will just need a point to get, like, to guarantee, well, not guarantee themselves through, but if you take one point from Poland or Mexico... Mexico, yeah. You're pretty and much Argentina through. takes care of the other two, yeah. Yeah, you're pretty much through. Yeah, because it'll be six... I think that that might be off, but like even so, I think you said it before. Even if they do get absolutely battered the next two games, you still get to go home and say, "Yeah, we beat Argentina." Like the what was it? Top three favorite, probably top four favorite to win this. Like we've got the storylines of Messi's last tournament. You've got the talent squad. The fact they just won the Copa America. They, I think they yeah, were 35 games unbeaten going into this, like looking to overtake Italy's record. And that's a, that's a story you pass down to your kids, your grandkids, yeah. your grandkids, kids, everything, man. I mean, I'm pretty. I think Saudi Arabia gave everyone the day off. After. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. That's how big a celebration it is. So all credit to them, and like you guys said, it was deserved. It wasn't a case that they got completely lucky or got some great decisions go their way their game plan worked to perfection. So congrats to Saudi. And if you keep playing like that, I, I hope they do continue to win. Um, We'll move on. I'm going to combine these two next two games, lads, because, again, I watched all of them, all the endless extra time that's going on in this tournament as well. Denmark, Tunisia, Mexico, Poland. They were two utterly drab games for me. I felt like every team in there... Did not offer a lot going forward. I think in the Denmark-Tunisia game, the closest was Kasper Schmeichel had to, had to make a decent save from their striker, who probably was offside. Mexico-Poland game, you have the Lua missed penalty. But apart from that, really drab affairs, like nothing going on for either side. Um, Prez, I'll come to you on this first. Out of those four teams, who do you think really like needs to shape up? Who are you most disappointed out of them? Denmark, I think. Um, I think Denmark are, in some circles, are tipped as one of the teams to go far in this tournament. And um, yeah, it, it just wasn't a very good showing against Tunisia. Uh, just nothing coming from anywhere uh, to suggest that they were going to go on to score to score any goals in that game um yeah i think they would probably be the most disappointed given the the level of talent against um you know all the other teams in the group i guess and um yeah i, I would say denmark yeah no i i agree i think the fact that like you go to the euros and denmark were fantastic like hoiberg was one of the most creative midfielders going Obviously, Eric, the whole um, incident with Ericsson's heart attack, him coming back, and he's been in fantastic yeah. form. He looked like himself. Someone like Joachim Mela, who at the Euros was brilliant at wing back. 
disappeared in yeah. this game. I I completely agree with you on that point. I think like, I tipped them as one of my sleeper teams to really go far. I've been arguing for them, and I got a lot of what the hell are you talking about during that game? Because <laughs> they they were nothing. They they just were not. They just looked like a team that expected to stroll onto the park, pass it round for a bit, and just carve them open. And there was, I think, it was a real lack of assertiveness for me. Um, yeah. Munyu, we'll go to the opposite side then. Out of those four teams, who do you think can actually take a lot of confidence from how they played and think, do you know why actually like we can really step on from here? Mate. Uh, None of them. It has to be, no, no. It, has, yeah, it probably has to be Denmark. Because, um, I mean, we know how efficient they are, how much they've developed so quickly. Mexico was struggling if it wasn't for the penalty Poland probably would have just if they got the penalty yeah if they scored the penalty that would have been it they didn't show anything else um, but no actually sorry Tunisia I will give them something to be fair um, mm-hmm. all the African teams I think I said earlier are, are actually showing some fight because typically in, in, in past World Cups you know the African teams don't tend to do well but in this World Cup, you can just tell like they're here and they and they, they 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 mean business for once. And yeah, um, I think one's yet to win, but um, what I think is it been two draws and one defeat so far um, with Ghana and Cameroon still to play. Um, yeah, I think Tunisia can t- a, a bit like Saudi Arabia. I feel the way they played with heart and passion, they can get something out of this. So yeah, man. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I'm guessing you guys are the same. I just hope they actually turn up in their next games. Like, just just show a little bit of something. Like, they both have... Sorry, not both. All of them have players in that team, in their respective teams, to turn up. They all belong here. They've all qualified. Like, exactly. you can go out. Like, just get, go try something. Don't play it too safe. It's boring playing safe like otherwise you're going to leave it to the third week or third game week and you're going to be too late and you're going to be knocked out anyways we'll move on to the final game a lot of people's prohibitive favorites france taking on australia france conceding that early goal maybe there was a sign of nerves but then adrian rabio of all people came to the fore Quickly, France turned around the game, ended up winning 4-1. Mudu, Mbappe, that kid is electric. He has discovered headers, he has discovered left foot crosses. So now you can't show him inside, because obviously you're going on his stronger foot. You can't show him outside, because he's just going to stand you up, then blaze past you, and then put in a ball. He's now an aerial threat, like... I, I looked at him and thought he, he's my odds on favourite now for being player of the tournament I mean yeah he really just did um, take change a gear I remember he'd done one flick in an attack which is I was just like yo the confidence you've got to be pulling that man it, it, it's second to none um, as you've rightly said there Jake he definitely is I, I don't know if anyone when we did the predictions had him for player of the tournament I think someone even had him as a flop of the tournament but after that performance, mate, just getting started. Obviously, like Senegal um, and Mane, France were dealt with the blow of Benzema, which after the game they played against Australia, you 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 think, oh, you know what, they they, they might be fine. Maybe they might need to be in the later stages, but they they they, they weren't struggling to attack. Um, and you know what, France proved me wrong. Because prior to this, I said attack-wise, even now without Benzema, I still think that they're very strong. I think they've got good defence. I said to myself, their midfield might cost them. But boy, what what a performance with that midfield, man. They really did turn up and controlled it. I, I feel it's a quality midfield, but again, an inexperienced midfield. Players that probably haven't played with each other enough to get to know how they play, so... Um, sometimes you just got to learn on the job. And I think this is what we're going to see with this f- French midfield. But overall, great performance from those boys. And they've really shown that why we are the current world champions. And anyone, do you know what? They're probably thinking as well. Oh, you guys have already been saying the favourites for this is Argentina, Brazil, 
you've not been giving us enough respect they that 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 could have been almost like a statement saying look guys we're here we're here man we this is why we're current world champions so yeah this i'll get ah i'm excited you know before the world cup i was not excited man i was finding it hard to be excited but now we're here ish yeah thank god the world cup man thank you <laughs> it's those four games a day mate it just doesn't stop it's beautiful um prez i want i want to speak on that because i when you just brought it up the Benzema injury hit him before you have Lucas mm-hmm. Hernandez tearing his ACL during the game. Yeah, got in, man. Before. Like, this French, and you can't call up anyone else now. This is the thing. You Once you hit your day before your game, that's you done. So you have to live the squad you've got. And this yeah. French squad is just getting that little bit more depleted, a little bit more depleted. Do you sense that is a worry for them? I know they have an incredible strength and depth. So it's maybe not that bad, but if they lose Fiero Fernandez, for example, they don't have a left back. They, that's it. They've done. I mean, we're England are in the same position, so we can't really argue it too much. But does that worry you at all for France that they are just having these injuries just pile up essentially? Yeah, you know, it's not ideal. It is an ideal, and I think the, the way it will impact them most is just from a morale perspective. I think um, having players that they know are of a high quality within the squad have probably, you know, been in numerous camps with them. You think of the Benzema's, you think of the Pogba's, you think of the Kante's, you know, people who have been there and done it. Obviously, Benzema's yet to experience it with France, but you look at Kante, you look at Pogba. Um, and it, from a morale perspective, you'd think, man, th- this must be quite uh, demoralising, for, for, especially for some of these young players who might have been looking forward to playing with these guys as well. So I think mentally, they just have to ensure that they they keep switched on. Um, obviously, they do have leaders within that camp um, to, to enable them to, to keep that focus. You think about you know, uh, Lloris, you think about even a player like Adrian Rabio. I mean, he's not exactly, a, he doesn't exactly lead by example, but just from a, a, an experience perspective, him coming in alongside Chouameni, um, you know, those those players are going to have to really step into that, to that leadership and motivation role to ensure that the, the younger, less, um, less experienced guys don't fall by the wayside and aren't impacted by, you know, what's going on around them. But I think just looking at, you know, who played in that game, the the partnership of Kanate and Upamecano was really impressive as well. Almost taking the weight off uh, the two midfielders in terms of getting the ball forward. They were, you know, finding the wingers, uh, Dembele and Mbappe, brilliantly with their crossfield passing and then, you know, stepping into the midfield and um, when they needed to. And it, it just looked like... Uh, you know, obviously Australia, once they realised that they were getting overpowered just from a pure personnel perspective and just... France having the more quality players, they did begin to kind of back down after starting the game quite well. Um, but France do also need to be a little bit careful of making sure they remain clinical because, you know, although the scoreline was 4-1, they were quite wasteful with some of their chances. So um, they obviously need to shake those cobwebs out and ensure that in, in the next game, um, you know, and as the opposition gets stiffer, uh, they, they put those chances away when they get them, huh? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. And like the fact that they were wasteful and still scored four is exactly. scary. The fact that someone like Griezmann, I think, not disappeared, but he was he wasn't really in the game for as much. Like mm-hmm. he could easily improve. Like stuff like that is just yeah. They, for the fact that I keep on saying England football's coming home, and obviously I totally believe it. Of course. Uh, <laughs> they they scare me the most. And we haven't seen Brazil play yet. Um, listeners, that is our roundup of the first half of the group stage. Obviously, we're going to keep going. I am going to do one shot for Oli Giroud. He has equaled yeah. the French international scoring record. Like, I don't think anyone saw that coming. But like, what a player. He's won it all, essentially. Like, he's always been underrated and to do that at international level, I mean, don't get me wrong, Mbappe's going to take it probably in like three years, but <laughs> if he does actually get it, all the credit to him. Like, what a wonderful career. And yeah, I mean, keep going, lad. Take it for yourself. 
And Munu, you are up. Yeah, man. Like I said, I shy Hey, my boy Bikayo. Um, <laughs> a brace, man. Honestly, it don't get better. And what a banger as well. Like, look, that Bolly, yeah? Hey, sweet connection. Um, big up him. Um, starting as you mean to. And obviously, yeah, you know what? I love my club. So big up all the Arsenal fans that... Um, Arsenal players, sorry, that are doing their thing right now. Obviously, Matt Turner, unfortunate to get a clean sheet. Um, Tom Yasu, well, we'll talk about the game um, in the next episode. Uh, yeah, my boys are shining. Ben White, Ramsdale, your time will come. Don't you worry. Xhaka, doing doing what you got to do. Party, yeah, man, it's good. But let me let me know, let me know. But yeah, Bakayo, that that main shot goes for Bakayo, man. Love to see it. All right, and um, Prez, do you have anything to top us off? Um. I mean, I do have a shot, but I think I'm going to save it for the the, web, the episode on the weekend because the topic is quite a meaty one and it's probably not the time to get onto it. But Jeez. certain goat, certain goats are involved. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh. But we'll save it I for like, next time, man. I like, I, to be fair, I appreciate that, Press. Not drinking on a school night. You're a positive That's it, man. to us all. There you go. <laughs> um, right, listeners, like I say, we're going to be back on the weekend, so keep watching out for us and... Please keep enjoying the World Cup as much as we are. And yeah, we will see you soon. Peace, guys. Peace. Peace. Hey, guys.